Awesome. Good morning, church. How are you guys today? Yeah, cool. Go ahead and give a round of applause to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Man, it's so exciting to be here. Um, it's so awesome to see your guys' face. And so let's just get in a setting of worship. An attitude of worship is what Jason likes to say. And I love that. So let's just close our eyes, bow our heads to not get distracted by everyone else and, and just pray to our God this morning. Father God, we thank you so much for your, for new, for your new promises, for your new mercies, God, for, for, you, for your new promises every day. And I say that over again because, God, you are such a good God that gives us new opportunities every morning, God. I thank you so much, God, that you are so good to us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness, God. It is a privilege to be here and to worship your holy name, God. Holy, holy, holy are you, God. Thank you so much, Father. And we just ask you, Lord, to come and invade our space. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, we want you here. And so we just ask you to wreck our hearts, to break down the walls, God, and I just pray this morning for chains of depression, for chains of anxiety to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And that people, God, have the ability to worship God without those chains holding them back, Lord. And so right now, I just pray for that, God. I pray for those chains of, of depression and anxiety and sadness to be broken right now. And that people have the liberty, God, to worship you. The liberty, God, to be free, Lord, in your house. Oh, God, we just pray for freedom in this place. Freedom in this place, God, right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Father. Oh, we know you're here, God. Oh, we know you're here, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I pray this all in your name. Amen.
faith across the earth is arising. We prophesy about his kingdom coming, just like heaven all across the earth. Cause he is the light shining in the darkness. He is the hope, hope of all the nations. He is the light, he is the light for all the world to see. Darkness, he is the hope, hope of all the nations, he is the light, he is the light for all the world to see.
keep praising his name. Oh, keep praising his name. Thank you, Jesus. Shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. 
coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down Lie you won't take it out Coming after me Oh, declare this in one song There's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up Coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear it out, coming after me. Oh, lift this up. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear it out, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down 
we just ask you this morning, God, just to take us a little deeper into your presence, Father. And so for those of you who are, are longing to go a little bit more, I just ask you just to sing this song full-heartedly. It says, just take me a little closer, God. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. And so just declare this because I know that in these words, they have power. I know that these words have power and so just declare them over your life.
Spirit. Oh, you're moving, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, how great your love is for me. Whoa. give ourselves to you, Father, and it is the cry of our heart that you would pull us closer, 
that we would know you deeper and we would serve you greater. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Got a little change up this morning. It's always good. Welcome this morning. If you're visiting, we welcome you uh, especially to the house of the Lord here, to our house. Hope you uh, find the presence and a touch of the Lord this morning, that you feel his love, and that you come to know him if you don't already. It's a great day. The word says, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. So if you read that every day, every day is the day we have an opportunity to know him, to serve him. It's a great uh, invitation the Lord gives us, an extension of him. Amen. Those of us, us that know him, it's a great day to celebrate that love for him. I see Don and Lola Compton. Don's going to share in just a minute. <laughs> We've known him so long, my husband and I, since I think 1970. I was a mere child. I know. <laughs> it's been a long time. I was thinking about that this morning, Don, that how the word says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And here Don is almost 50 years later, serving God in the same capacity, reaching souls. Amen. And along with Lola, we know you do a lot of the work, Lola. We know you're there right by his side helping things happen. So he's going to share in just a minute with us. I want to remind us, though, that today is Memorial Weekend. We're celebrating Memorial Weekend. And not to forget, this, this is when we remember uh, soldiers, people in the military that died for our freedom. How many of you know someone or have someone close that died in service? I know my husband and I and our generation had a lot of people in Vietnam that gave their lives. I think the average age of a soldier in Vietnam was 20 or 21 uh, that's about like Josh, the worship leader, my grandson. These are such young, young men that went and gave their lives. And so let's remember that with gratitude more currently, you know, the war in the Middle East. I know many families have lost loved ones. And while we celebrate our freedom, some are still grieving. So let's remember it was a great sacrifice, is a great sacrifice for all of, all of our military uh, to serve because anyone is vulnerable to be taken at any moment. So let's remember that when we're celebrating. I mean, we're going to have picnics and stuff ourselves, but uh, maybe take a pause during some point and pray uh, our gratitude and pray for the families that have lost those that were so dear to their heart. Let's see. I got a couple of quick announcements. I always want to remind you to look in your bulletin. This thing has most of everything we're doing, I think. And if it doesn't, it has a phone number. You can call the church and find out what's going on or if you have a question about something going on. But next Sunday, we will begin our monthly summer church picnic. Come on, guys. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great thing. You don't bring anything. We provide all the food, drinks, everything is provided. You come. We hang out. This is where you really get to know each other and build community and build friendships and get to know one another can't do a lot of that on Sunday morning when you're uh, sitting in here, but that's a time where you really can and uh, just connect and find people that have similar interests. So we want to encourage everybody to come, bring a friend, doesn't matter how many, bring lots of friends and just come and enjoy that time with us. Should be a great, beautiful time. Um, Don, why don't you go ahead and come on up? <laughs> Thank you. 
I, you saying, praise God, I can walk. You know, Don, they've had a rough couple of years in a lot of different ways. And Don, I think you were near death. Yeah, a year, a year on my back, two my stomach, diapers, you name it, a year. <laughs> a year. <laughs> on his back, not able to do anything. Had to be, rely on everybody. And here he is. And once he's back, what are you doing? Taking care of business. Well, uh, I never thought I'd be able to do this, but a few months back, we were invited to come to the Springer Woman's Prison and help change the culture. <clears throat> now, what does change of culture mean? Well, it means change the way of thinking, and the way it means the way change the way of acting, behaving. And that's a big task, you know. That's, uh, that's what every pastor does, right, Ron? And uh, we would just want to say thank you for your prayers, your support, because we couldn't do this without your help. You people have stood with us and helped us over the years, and we really, really do appreciate it and need your help. But I wanted to come and just report on what some of your prayers and your finances are doing. Uh, just about uh, two hours from here at Springer, New Mexico, that's up on I-25 heading up toward Colorado, there's a little mini revival that's going on. And so the first step that I took Whenever we were invited to come and help change the culture, I said, well, we need to go up there and introduce ourselves. And I thought, well, everybody likes donuts, so we're going to do donut day. So we rounded up 147 dozen donuts and uh, the drinks. Now, the chapel over there only holds about 200 people. And uh, amazingly, over 50% of the, of the inmates are going to chapel every Sunday. Like, while we're here, there's 200 there right now. Okay. But for Donut Day, uh, we wanted all 400, almost 400, to be able to come in. So we moved it into the gymnasium, which would accommodate everybody. And we invited our guest speaker to be the weatherman, Steve Stucker. How many of you remember Steve Stucker, the weatherman? So, you know, he, his life crashed about 30 years ago. Drugs, alcohol, lost his marriage, lost everything, was going to commit suicide. And then Jesus, Jesus came in and lifted him up. And he's one of our pastors now there in Albuquerque. So I invited him to come and share his testimony. So he looked out there, and it was unbelievable. When you walked in there, I mean, if you just went in and said, praise the Lord, I mean, they would all jump up and praise the Lord. And Steve Stucker said, man, if I had an audience like this, he says, I'd preach every day. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing. So we had donut day. I, got, I was going to get these little plates. I said, wait a minute. Everybody needs three donuts. So I got big plates. Boy, some of them had five donuts. But anyway, they had donuts. And they loved those donuts. But afterwards, some of them came up to us and they said, we want to start praying for you every day. What time do you want us to pray for you? I said, 12 noon. On one condition. I said, do you want to have a blessing? And they said, yeah. I said, well, Bible tells us how to get a blessing. You pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You pray for Israel and you're going to get a blessing. So I said, at 12 noon, you pray for us, you pray for Israel, and then we'll be praying for you and praying for Israel. So we did that. But then some of the ladies came up and said, you know, we're going to be getting out of here soon. Are you going to be there for us? That's a big question. Are you going to be there for us? The easy part of the ministry is up there because they're literally captivated. <laughs> Audience. And so you have them. But when they get released. So we're building a bridge. And you have in your brochure there an invitation to do this first step. Because about 50% of the ladies would be from the Albuquerque area. But not all of them. Some of them are from Santa Fe. And so we're going to be having this. And, and we've invited uh, two of the ladies from the Springer facility to come down and share how 
the Christian community can help them while they're there, but how they can help them when they get out of there. And so the two of the ladies will be there, and uh, plus some of the other uh, correctional officials, I believe, are going to be there, the chaplain. And God is putting together a network faster than I ever imagined. Uh, when I stepped out in faith, uh, God uses me as a starter. You know, when you get in your car, how many seconds does your starter last? Not very long. And then the engine's got to take over. Well, I've got enough strength to be a starter, and that's about it. But God is bringing a network together uh, in Albuquerque, and many of them will be there at that time. So I invite you to join with us, but also uh, we need volunteers right out of this church. And I have forums in the back there where if you would like to start going to Springer once a month, uh, ladies especially, ladies especially, but a husband, a husband and wife can be there. Uh, we're setting a program where you could actually go and be a part of this. And on the back of this, you have opportunities on your bulletin, opportunities for ministry. The next time I come, I'd like to see right there, opportunities for ministry, go to the Springer Women's Prison. God bless you. Thank you. And uh, uh, glad to be with you. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here, Don. I had to chuckle in myself a little bit when he said donuts. Well, I was trying to do the math. That's close to 1,800 donuts. But they hit them all. <laughs> they hit them all. <laughs> uh, but when Ron and I first met Don, we lived in a house on Faithway Street, which is right across from La Posada. Big house, my dad owned the house, and the deal was we could live there if we would let people sleep there every night, basically. And this was back in the 70s, early 70s, and every night there were people there. We'd, uh, we worked downtown, we'd walk to work and come home, and there'd be people on our porch waiting for us to come in. And I'm telling you, all kinds of people. It was a very interesting time, but Don would show up occasionally, pretty regularly, with day-old donuts because it cost a lot to try to feed that many people, and God was faithful. But you always showed up with donuts. This is like 50 years ago. He still got the donut connection. <laughs> I was kind of glad to hear it. Um, there, it's holy. Oh, holy. I get it. Okay. <laughs> it took a minute. <laughs> so he'll have a table out there. And just encourage all of us to support him, whether it's by going or paying. You know, of course, they have gas money and everything else they need to get up there and back. So encourage you to visit that table. I was thinking about Sophia and Steve Gonzalez getting ready to go to Teen Challenge in California, June 12th still, right? And some of you may not know, but they've accepted a, a, a staff position there. It's a paid staff position, but they need finances to get out there. You know, it takes a lot to... Uh, get rid of everything here and move there, and that's what they're trying to do. So I encourage you to see them afterwards. Could you stand up for a minute? <laughs> if you want to help them out. I was thinking about that earlier. It's like some people we pay to stay and some people we pay to go. <laughs> Doesn't seem right to pay people to leave. It's like in myself, I want to pay them to stay. But they need to go. God's called them, and... Uh, he provides, and he provides through people often. So we're going to take up our offering now. Come on, guys. Grateful for all the Lord has given us so much, whether it's a little or a lot. It comes from the hand of the Lord. Amen? So much. And if we're in a difficult place, God knows. He sees us. He understands our frailty. He understands our hurt, our brokenness. God is a God of healing, God of healing and deliverance. So, Father, we are so grateful that you're a God of compassion. You're a God that sees us, that hears us, that knows us. 
thankful, Father, that you provide everything we need, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, Lord. You're a great, great God. There's not much more we can say. You told us from the very beginning that uh, you told Moses to tell the people that your name is I am. I am everything you need when you need it. And so, Father, we're grateful that you are everything, only Jesus, nothing else. Father, all in him is all we need, and we are so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them 
what they did and why they had to be brave for us. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Let's just take a moment and pray, uh, open with prayer, and then we want to pray for families that have suffered the loss of, uh, you know, those that have fallen in combat. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have today, the freedom to just stand here in this house of worship and lift up our, our voices in, in praise and prayer and seeking your face and reading your word. And God, we know that in many places around this world, they... People do not have the freedom to do that. We thank you for the freedom that we have. We thank you for the lives that were lost, Lord, uh, in helping us to obtain and keep that freedom, Lord. And Father, we today, your word tells us to mourn with those that mourn. Father, we think about the families that have suffered the loss of life of a loved one, a husband or a father or a son or a brother, a family member, God. And Lord, we know those deep, uh, wounds run deep, and we just ask you, Father, for the healing power of your Holy Spirit. We will never forget, but God, we know that you are able to heal our, our wounds and our hurts and see us through these times of uh, stress and trial, and uh, we just ask, Father, for just the healing balm of your Holy Spirit to cover those uh, aching hearts today. Lord, we ask that you would show up strong in this service this morning. Thank you for the worship that we've already had, that we can just bow our knees before you. Your word says, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. And Father, we do that this morning. It's a pleasure to just be in your presence and excited to be here uh, just anticipating a move of your Holy Spirit in every life that's in here. God, we never get to the place where we think that we are full and we've had enough, that we've arrived, God, that you're always doing things in our lives, whether we're new in Christ or uh, we've been walking with you for many years. God, we're uh, just always anticipating the next move, the next phase of our life. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So while it's Memorial Day and a lot of people at, at the lake today or someplace, uh, those of us that had commitments or didn't have money to go are here, right? So um, anyway, I'm going to be reading from... Uh, Luke, or excuse me, Mark chapter uh, 5, a familiar uh, scripture to all of us. I remember reading this when I first got saved. This is the story of the Gadarene demoniac. And I remember reading this story and just thinking, man, this is just a wild, crazy story. You know, it's just, you know, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, I, I know that, uh, guys, we, you know, we live in a, a fast-paced, busy world. I mean, I, it, it, life is busy. And when you talk to people, if you ask them how are things going, typically people will say busy. I'm busy. Like busyness is a sign of success or something. You know, it's like I know what busyness is. I mean, I can carry on three conversations at one time, and two of them are usually with myself. I understand, I understand what busyness is. Now, we, we, got, we all have places to go. I love that, that commercial. I think it's one of those Geico commercials. They have the greatest commercials, don't they? The guy rowing that boat across the, the, the Delaware, the, uh, the, the highway there, 
And if people are honking horns at him, he's like, we all have places to go. We all have places to go. You know, I mean, we do. I mean, life is just like stressed out. People are honking the horns and, you know, like, get out of my way. And we're, you know, we're, you know, impatient at the stop sign. I, I find myself wanting to just sit on the horn and honk at people in front of me. You know, it's not like a gentle tap. I want to like, Mow! like, get out of the way, man. I got some place to go. Now, I know that I'm the only one like that in this congregation, right? Yeah, yeah, sure I am. All right, so anyway, um, you know, it's time. You know, we have to leave margin in our lives. And, and usually, you know, life is just so full that we, we don't really have a lot of margin in our life. We don't have a lot of room. We don't have a lot of extra time. And so that causes stress and causes frustration. And, you know, you're, you turn into the person. I, I heard somebody say the other day, I was so frustrated. And I was saying things and doing things that I just, like, I don't want to be that person. And I, mean, I felt like that too, you know, it's like, I don't want to be that person. You know, you know, we start yelling at each other, husbands yelling at wives, and wives yelling at husbands, and, you know, uh, and I, that happens at our house too, you know, not real often, but when it does, I'm usually right, you know, I'm, now, Nina's not here to defend herself right now, so uh, hopefully she won't get a recording of this. Um, no, but, you know, we, we, don't, we don't leave a lot of margin in our life. And, you know, the, the most important thing in our life, remember the story of Mary and Martha, that Martha was busy. She was like, you know, getting the house ready. Jesus is coming. Got to get the house ready. You know, I, we want everything to be perfect. You know, we had a wedding here. Anybody from that wedding party here this, today? Anybody from the, We had a wedding here yesterday. I'm telling you, this thing started out so disastrous. You know, it's just, I'm serious. You know, it's like, well, they, the guy that was supposed to open up the door um, ran out of gas on the way here. And so, and then, and, and so they're waiting. Like, they're trying to get in at 9, 9, 9 o'clock at 9.30. Nobody's here. He's run out of gas, so he had to go to Sam's Club and buy a gas can and then go to the gas station and get gas. And everybody's just like, the bride's crying and everybody's just like upset. And, you know, they're yelling at people, yelling. I'm yelling at people. And, you know, it's just like, oh, man, it's just a disaster. And then they bring the wedding cake. They drop the cake. I'm not kidding you. It's just, and then they got cupcakes. They, those flip over on the floor. And they get here, and the groom left something at home. He's got to go back home and get it. And they're trying to play the wedding song, and the stereo won't work. I mean, it's just like, man, it's madness. And everybody's just like, Ugh. you know, you understand that? You ever been in a place like that? Man, we all have. You know, and so, but I tell you what, when we got there, and they're standing there facing each other, and we just kind of opened with prayer. I mean, there was like a hush. The Spirit of God showed up. I mean, the power of God showed up. It was just like, in just a moment, everybody forgot about how stressful it was getting to this place because that place was the place that we really needed to be. That's what we were here for. Now, you know, all the other things were important, just like Martha wanting to get the house fixed for Jesus. And, but Mary's like, you know what? I'm leaving some margin in my life for Jesus. And I just encourage every one of us here, we got to leave some margin in our life for Jesus, for his word, and for prayer. So let me just say, that was all just free. That was just extra. I didn't even have that scheduled this morning. So they came to the other side of the sea, to the uh, country of the Gerasenes. It's all so-called, some of your Bibles have Gadara. Uh, this is the story of the Gadarene demoniac. It says, when Jesus stepped out of the boat, 
uh, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. This is a wild man. This is a crazy man. This is the, the man that you're, you know, you're with three friends. You want the two of your friends to go first. I'll be at the end. This is a crazy guy. He lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying and cutting himself with stones. You know people like that today. You know, I mean, I, I see people, young people a lot that will cut themselves. Just, you know, it's just like, this is demonic. This is where, you know, cutting your wrist and slicing your wrist, this is the work of the devil. This is what the devil wants you to do. It says that he was crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man is just like, you know, he's like a madman. He's just like out of control. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Now notice, he says, he recognizes Jesus as the Son of the Most High God. Even some of the religious leaders at that time didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of the Most High God. And the reason that he recognized him is because he was there when Jesus cast Satan and all of this demonic forces, one-third of the stars or the, the heavenly host, when Satan read, led a rebellion in heaven, uh, uh, these demons were part of that rebellion, and Jesus cast them out and cast them down, and he recognized him as the Son of God. He says, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. They understand that there's coming a day. There will be a day of judgment. There will be a day when this world is over, and Satan and all of his angels will be cast into the lake of fire. That's what the Bible says. And he was saying to him, Jesus was saying to, the, to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. A legion in the in a, in a Roman army was about 6,000 men. And that's where this comes from. They believe that there were that many demons in this man. And he begged him earnestly not to send him into the country. Now a great herd of pigs were feeding on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, and let us enter them. And so he gave them permission. And the unclean spirit came out, entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down a steep bank into the sea, and they drowned into the sea. And the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those that had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. And he was get, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit it, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the, De the Decapolis, that's the ten cities on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. So a great story. I still love it. It's just still exciting to me today. I just I can just kind of put myself there and just thinking, you know, how terrified I would have been, you know, seeing this guy. I mean, this is just a wild guy. He's bleeding and screaming and crying and you know, naked, running among the tombs. It's like, you know, not what you want to encounter. 
But, you know, some would say, do, do you really believe that this story is true? Do you really believe that there were demons during that time? And I absolutely do. I believe that there were demons during that time, and I believe that there are demons today. Now, the Bible, I believe, says that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been bought and you've been paid for by the blood of the Lamb. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I don't believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed, but I do believe that a Christian can be demon-harassed, uh, attacked. I believe that we, all of us receive these demonic attacks from the enemy from time to time. And we live in a time, we live in a world where you know, it just seems like that there are demons of drugs and demons of alcohol and demons of sexual impurity. And the Bible says in the end days that God himself is going to open up a pit and demons, demons will come out, out of that uh, pit and they will bring great destruction upon, this, upon the world. The word demon comes from a Greek word. It means uh, demonia. It means uh, it's, a, it's just a spirit. These fallen spirits, these angels that were cast down from heaven when Satan rebelled, they're looking for bodies that they can possess. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, like this person that was telling me that that's not the kind of person I want to be. At that moment, I believe that, you know, he was under the, uh, an attack, under a, an, a demonic attack of anger and rage and frustration. And this is the way that they work, you know, work in our lives. But the, the Bible says that this man, that he had an unclean spirit. Sometimes it's translated a violent spirit or a malicious spirit. And so if we look at, look at the world, we look at the world in which we live in today. And, uh, and you know, just recently, I, last, last week I was down in Houston. Santa Fe, Texas was just a, a few miles from where we were, where they had the most recent school shooting. But... Um, when we look at these school shootings, and in this particular case, in this school shooting, this young man, um, he had, wore a T-shirt that said, Born to Kill, and he had a Facebook page that, said, uh, that showed some satanic emblems on his Facebook page. And when we think about, you know, God, the, the characteristics of God and some of his attributes are love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance and faithfulness. This is all fruit of the Holy Spirit. And these are attributes of God. This is what God really looks like. And when you think about that and the, what the Bible says about Satan, how that he has come to rob and to steal and to kill and to destroy and we see this, this man, this wild man, this crazy guy, you know, cutting himself and screaming, and he's under just absolute possession of the devil. And uh, when we think about, you know, just the evil that's in, in the world today, when we, the, all of the things, all of these school shootings, um, there, there have been, I think, in the last year, there have been, I think, 23,146 incidents of, of gun violence, there have been 5,700, uh, 5, a little over 5,700 deaths uh, as a result of gun. 251 of those were children and 1,000 teenagers. Um, but I, I want us just to consider this. From the founding of our nation, you know, guys, I want you to really get this, and I want you to think about it hard. From the founding of our nation in 1776 until about 1963, that's 187 years, Okay. 187 years. And if you go to Wikipedia, you can look this up. If you just look up school shootings, from, uh, from 1776 until 1963, there were a total of 116 deaths, school shootings in our high school. Um, and that's like 187 years, 116 shootings. But then, and from 1963 until present day, including this uh, latest tragedy, 
in the last 55 years from 1963, there have been 487 deaths related to school shootings. That's over a 500% increase in, in, in less than one quarter of the time. 500% increase in less than one quarter of the time. And I want to tell you, I believe that I can pinpoint this today. In 1962 and 1963, the Bible was removed from school and prayer was removed from school. I believe that we're seeing this increase in violence and hatred and bigotry and prejudice, racial prejudice. I think we're seeing this because when you take God out of the school, the Bible says that when a demon comes out of a man, the man will walk through these places and, and you know, seeking rest, but if he doesn't find rest, he says that that demon that left him will come back in and bring seven other demons more violent than he was himself. He'll come back in. And the last state of that man is worse than the first state. If the, if, when something is cleansed, when something is empty, if it's not filled with God, it'll be filled with evil. And I, I believe that when we took God out of the school, we took prayer, we took the Bible out of the school, we took God out of the school, and I, I, if you look at just even some of these recent graduations over the last couple of weeks, that any time a student wanted to mention the name of Jesus or give credit to God for what they've done, valedictorians of their class, some of these uh, most successful students in their class wanted to give praise to Jesus and they were forbid, forbid to do so. That's why we're seeing, I'm telling you, I believe that that's why we're seeing this increase in evil. When you take God out, Satan comes in. And I tell you, if we live in a time, ever we live in a time, that we need God in our community and in our schools, it's right now. We need God. So we see this increase of, of, of murder and rape. And uh, I think the, uh, the murder rate in the nation last uh, year was 15,696. Uh, during the same year, there were 90,185 rapes, and there were estimated 327,000 robberies, uh, you know, in, in our nation last year. Uh, mental health, you know, some would say that, well, these are just mental health problems. So I believe that there, I'm not, I'm not, you know, making slight of mental health and mental issues. I believe that there are people that, you know, really suffer from these types of problems. But I also believe that there's demonic influences and forces out there. That one in four people, one in four people, one out of every four people in, in this nation alone or in the world will suffer some type of mental disorder in their lives. Um, and then if you look at self-destruction, and I want you to go back to our story. This man is living in the tombs. He's breaking every chain that's placed upon him, cutting himself, slicing and dicing, trying to self-destruction. Uh, that suicide in our nation is the 10th leading cause of death. That's 45,000 every year. And for every attempted suicide, or for, for every completed suicide, there are 25 attempts. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. We need Jesus. We need Jesus to show up. The man was naked. The man was tormented. That word is, is used in Luke chapter 16. It's also used in Revelation about, the, uh, about Satan being cast into the lake of fire where there would be uh, torment, weeping, and wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Uh, the, in Luke chapter 16 about the rich man and, and Lazarus, it talks about how the rich man, four times it mentioned the torment that the rich man was in. Um, I want to just go back to our story. I want you to just notice that there were three prayer requests that were asked that day. Um, the demons prayed. You can believe that demons prayed to Jesus. They prayed. They said, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. And he gave them permission, and the unclean spirit came out, entered the pigs, and the, the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea, and they drowned in the sea. 
There was also the people that prayed. This might have been the worst prayer ever prayed in, as recorded in the Bible. It says, those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. I want to just tell you that there comes a time in my life and in your life that if we don't receive, if we don't humbly come before the Lord and we just say, Lord, you know, not now. I, I, you know, I just want you to leave. Just leave me alone. Let me live my life the way that I want to live my life. And uh, maybe when I have a convenient season, that's what uh, Paul was speaking to Felix. And when Paul began to speak about judgment and righteousness and you know, forthcoming judgment and sin, uh, it said that Felix became uneasy, and he says, you know, I'll listen to you at another time. When I have a more convenient time, I want you to leave, Paul. I want you to leave, Jesus. When I'm more, you know, when I, when I feel more comfortable talking about, you know, judgment, standing before God and giving an account of my life, when I feel more comfortable talking about the sin in my life, you know, maybe I'll listen to you then, but we always don't have another time. It's, it's such a shame when, you know, people hear a message and receive an invitation to come to Jesus and put it off and say, Lord, you know, when I have a more convenient time, I'll do it some other time. But see, the Bible says that, you know, we don't have, we don't know what we have today or tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen to you when you walk out these doors this afternoon. You don't know what's going to happen to you. We don't know what life holds for us. I mean, you can pick up the paper on any given uh, on any given day, and you can read about suicides or drug overdoses or murders or robberies that have gone wrong, all of these things. And we think that somehow we're immune to those, but, you know, we live in an evil world. The third prayer that was prayed was the prayer that the, the man prayed, the demoniac, the one that had been set free. It says that, uh, and he did, uh, the, the man wanted to go with Jesus. He wanted to spend his life. He wanted to follow Jesus. He was so grateful for what the Lord had done for him. It's like, Lord, I'm willing to leave everything. I'm, I'm willing to leave, you know, my family and the, the job that I once had, my friends. I'm ready to leave it all, and uh, I want to follow you. But it says that Jesus did not permit him, but said, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go home to your friends. Go home to your family. Go home to your uh, to go back to your job, to your university, to your schools. Go back and tell them what great things God has done in your life. You know, you may not know the Bible. You may not know a lot of Scripture. It's important for us to understand the Bible because when we talk about resisting the devil, we read that Jesus was a, a, under the demonic attack in Luke chapter 4, and three times the devil tested him. One, to turn the stone into bread. Another one was to... Uh, jump off the pinnacle of the temple, and the other one was to bow down and worship him. And every time that the enemy came and Satan came to attack Jesus, he used the Word of God. So when we tell you to read your Bible and to study the Word of God, it's not, you know, just so that you can, you know, for the information of having knowledge. It is so that you can do battle, so that you can lift up the sword of the Spirit, that you can come against the devil, you can come against all of his attacks through the Word of God. And so Jesus tells us, man, go back to your family, go back to your friends, go back to your hometown and tell them about the great things that God has done in your life. And while I said earlier, you may not know a lot of the Bible, you should, but, you know, every one of you, that, if you're saved here today, if you've, if you've been saved, if you've been delivered, you know, from, from this world and you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life, 
that you have a story, you have a testimony. You know, all of us have a dark side, a past uh, that we've, you know, we once were in. God has brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And that's what he told this guy. He says, go back and tell them your story. And he said that he went back and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. That's what happens when you tell your story. When you talk about how you used to be a drunk, or how you used to be a drug addict, or how you used to be you know, in sexual immorality. You may have been a prostitute. You may be a, have been a thief. You may have been a liar. You may have spent time in a in prison or a penitentiary, when you tell them what God has done for you, I'm telling you that people will marvel about the things that God has done in your life, and it will cause them to give praise and, and glory to God, and they will consider this God that you're now serving. Amen? All right. So, let me just wrap this up. When Jesus goes back, it says that the, the man, three things I want us to notice. It says that the man was sitting. Uh, he had, before he had been, you know, uh, a ravaged man running through the graveyard, screaming and crying and cutting himself. But now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's sitting there. He, it says that he was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Let me just address each one of those points. The Bible says that when we come to Jesus, Jesus gives this invitation. And he's giving it to you today. And you're going to have an opportunity here in just a moment to come. But it says that Jesus said, come to me. All you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's what this man found. Jesus, when the townspeople showed up, they saw this demoniac sitting at Jesus' feet. He said he was sitting there. He had peace. He was resting. He was clothed. He had been naked before, and he was in a right state of mind. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 57, Peace, peace to those that are far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. But the wicked are like a tossing sea which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. But there is peace for those that have come in. And, you know, those of you that have known Jesus, you can be in, just like yesterday, in the middle of this great storm, a wedding kind of gone south, you know, I mean, cake flying all over the car, cupcakes, guy not showing up to open up the door, the music won't play, the guy, you know, the groom forgets stuff, and everybody's in turmoil. But when Jesus shows up, and you just stop and quiet your soul, Jesus shows up and there is peace. But if you don't know Jesus, and all of us have friends, maybe even family members that don't know the Lord, they can never experience that kind of peace. And it's up to you and I to share the gospel with them so that they will come into the kingdom. The Bible says that the man was clothed. And the Bible tells you and I to clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Clothe yourself. Some of your translations say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we read in Revelation chapter 19, it says that the bride the bride of, bride of Christ, that's you and I, the church, uh, that she had been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the sixth point is 
that the man was in his right mind. There's something about sin that ravages the mind. You don't think right. You don't think straight. I heard someone say that it had been so long since they had made right decisions, right judgments. They couldn't even remember how long it had been since they could, were able to make right decisions and right choices. That one bad, one, one, choice, one bad choice leads to another bad choice leads to another bad choice, and you're just going down this, this downward spiral. The Bible says don't copy the behavior of the, and the customs of this world, but be transformed uh, into the renewing. It says let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Changing. God only can do that. You don't have the power to do that within yourself. I mean, you can try a self-help program. They may wait, work for a while, but I'm telling you, only God can bring real change. We talk about, you know, just emotional experiences. Amen. Amen. You can clap for that. He said only God can transform you into the person that he wants you to be by changing the way that you think. It says that when people keep on sinning, some of your translations say, when a person practices sin, you're just in this state of sin. And, you know, you can just, you know what it is. You know, that, you know what I'm speaking to you about. Every one of us is different. But it says that when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. It says, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So this is so, so important in our lives, God. If, if, I, if I am in this constant state of sin and rebellion toward God, and if I keep doing the same sin over and over and over again, God's saying, you know what? You need to let me into that area of your life. You've already demonstrated. You said you were going to overcome this. The last time you confessed your sin, you confessed your sin, and you said that you were never going to do it again, but you did it again the very next day. And the next day turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months, and months turned into the year, and you're the same place today that you were from the very beginning. And God's saying, it's time for you to get out of this vicious circle. It says, the Son of God, for this reason, was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. That's in my life, and that's in your life. That's something to shout about, guys. So let me just ask you, have you ever had racial prejudice? God will take it away. Have you ever had rage and anger? God will take it away. Have you broken God's moral law and committed sin? He'll take it away. Have you had hatred or anger in your heart? Unforgiveness? He'll take it away. And perhaps your sin has driven you away from God. God wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back into a relationship with Him. He wants to give you the power that comes from His Holy Spirit to resist temptation. Are you at the end of your rope? God's saying the end of your rope is the beginning of His rope. I think it's time to change ropes. Don't you? I believe that it is. I believe that it's time to change ropes today. Well, this is an invitation, and I'm going to ask our men and women to come, our prayer ministers to come, and I know that some of you are thinking, well, that's for the, the worst of these in the congregation. That's not for me. So you guys, I want our prayer ministers to come on because I'm, I'm, I'm going to give an invitation. And I don't want anybody to have to wait. And I, and I know that maybe you're thinking that this word, this message this morning, wow, you're thinking, man, I'm not the gathering demoniac. That's not me. Far be it. That's not me. But maybe some of the things that I talked about, maybe you haven't been able to overcome some of the sin in your life. 
and you've been in the same spot, even though maybe you've been a believer and a Christian, and you're still in the same spot. You're still in the same place. And I think God is saying, this world is so messed up. It's messed up. It's messed up bad. But God has called men and women like you and I to take this message to the world. And see, if you're like the Gadarene demoniac, you know, they tried to chain him. That's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants to chain you and shackle you so that you will not share the word because of fear or because of some reason that you have in your life that you, you don't want to tell the story. And God's saying for the church, it's time to rise. It's time for you to come and, and, and get a fresh anointing from God. Get prayer. And so I'm asking you to come. Uh, you know, if, if something I shared with you this morning spoke, and the Holy Spirit, I believe, is speaking in this place now, I want you to come get prayer. Now, prayer is not for the weak. Prayer is for all of us. You know, if, if you just want to be to the next level, I'm asking you to come. You know, if you've had a moral failure in your life, I'm asking you to come. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm asking you to come. If, if you've been bound by anger and rage and unforgiveness and you're mad because of somebody done, had done something to you, I'm asking you to come. Let these people anoint you with oil and so that you can walk out of here as a different person. I'm asking you to get up and come. Come on right now. You need to get up and come. This is a, Don't be like those people at Decapolis that said, oh no, Jesus, we, you know, that's a good word. We, we want you to leave. Get out of here. Don't leave here without Jesus today. And you need to get up right now and come. You need to come and let somebody pray for you. Let somebody anoint you with oil and, and break that mold, that cycle that you're in. You need to get up and come is what I'm telling you. You need to get up and come. Don't send Jesus away. Come on. Come on. He's talking to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Come on. Come on. Come on. Leonard. Milka, and I need you guys to come up here if you would, please. Need some help. Need some help here this morning. Jackie, come up. Can you come up and cry? Pat, are you there? Come on up. Cassandra, can you help us? Come on, guys. And we're just going to take a few minutes. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to release you guys, but I, I want everybody to come and, and receive some prayer this morning. vacancy right over here right over here you can come just back in the back come on we won't keep you waiting come on get anointed with oil we have oil up here if you want to get anointed with oil we want to anoint you with oil this is something bible says that we can do just be anointed with oil it'll take you to the next level hallelujah hallelujah so for those of you that are sitting in your seats i just you know i want you to be uh uh, not just sitting on the sidelines this morning, but every one of these people are going through something in their life. And as a brother and sister in Jesus Christ, I want you to just begin to pray. Just pray that God would have his way, that God would break through, that God would, would break the power of devil. the devil. Remember what Jesus said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I'm just praying, Lord, I want you to just join me right now, folks. Just Lord, we just ask that you would destroy the works of the devil and every one of these that are coming up. Break the enemy's power. Break, break Satan's power over them. 
break the power of drugs and alcohol and rage and anger and, and frustration in their life and setback and failure. Father, I pray that you would set the captive free today, that your Holy Spirit would just minister life, Lord, that you would breathe new life into your people. Breathe new life into your people. Lord, breathe upon them afresh. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fall in this place, Lord. God, we just say we're desperately, we, we are desperate for you, God, that we cannot do this by ourselves. Lord, your word says unless you build the house, all of our labor is in vain. Unless you watch over this city, God, all of our watching is in vain. But Lord, we cry out, set these captives free, Lord. Set these people free, Lord. Let them, give them a heart of worship and praise. Lord, bring deliverance. God, heal, heal the broken. Heal the broken, save the lost, and set those that have been taken captive, Lord, deliver them, set them free. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm going to ask our worship team. Is our worship team still here? You guys still here, Josh? Where are you guys at? I'm going to ask you to just come back up. Carla, are you here? Just going to ask you guys to come back up, and we're going to close. We're going to just close in one song. We want to go out. Go ahead. Go on up. You're fine. Take the shortcut. Time is of the essence. These folks got to get places. They got, they got to go eat. They're hungry. I can hear those stomachs growling. Amen. God, you know, don't you think God is good? I mean, we serve a great God. Let's just lift up a shout of praise. Our God is good, man. I want to just testify. He has been good to me, and I know he's been good to you. I'm excited about what he's, got, what he's done and what he's doing. You guys good? All right, All right guys, once we, we're going to go ahead and stand. They're going to lead us in just an abbreviated song, and we'll be released. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus.